0: This is Victoria of the UnleashedHeart.com, and you're listening to Grieving Voices, a podcast for hurting hearts who desire to be heard, or anyone who wants to learn how to better support loved ones experiencing loss. As a 30-plus year griever and advanced grief recovery method specialist, I know how badly the conversation around grief needs to change. Through this podcast, I aim to educate grievers and non grievers alike, spread hope, and inspire compassion toward those hurting. Lastly, by providing my heart with ears and this platform, grievers have the opportunity to share their wisdom and stories of loss and resiliency. How about we talk about grief like we talk about the weather? Let's get started. Hello, and thank you so much for listening to Grieving Voices today. I am your host, Victoria Volk of the Unleashed Heart. And today is a takeaways and reflections episode from episode 90 with Jill Johnson Young, Rebellious Widow times two. And today I'm just going to dive deeper into a few topics that uh, Jill and I talked about, which were many. We discussed boundaries. We talked about online support groups and how those have changed since COVID and, and, much of our conversation was also obviously her story of being a widow not once but twice and the judgment and criticism that she often felt that she wasn't grieving right or she was doing something wrong which is often the case that many people feel judged or criticized that they're not moving beyond their grief fast enough or they're not handling it well, or maybe they're handling it too well. And maybe you've been one of those people that kind of looks at someone and thinks, gosh, they're not even really crying. Why aren't they more sad? Or someone's on vacation and they're laughing and it's maybe been only three months since their loved one passed. And you might be asking yourself, gee, how can they go on vacation so soon? And be laughing and having a good time and well if that were me I'd be in my bed and sobbing and this is what we do we criticize and we judge each other in our grief and although it's not surprising to me it can be hurtful and very harmful to people and I think this behavior starts to change and maybe even altogether stop once we learn really what grief is and how complex it is and how individual it also is. Because here's the thing, you can be an outsider looking in, but you're never going to understand that person and their grief. You never will. You can relate to it, but because the person they're grieving had a unique relationship with them. All of our relationships are unique. This is why when children are grieving, who, like siblings, let's say, who loses a parent, each one of those children will grieve in their own way. They may have experienced the same loss, but the relationships are very different that each of the child had with their parent. There can be unloving relationships that can cause a great deal of pain. And so if you are thinking of someone right now who may have lost a parent, let's say they're an adult and they lost a parent, and they're not the least bit sad or appearing that way, you just don't know what the story was. Maybe that person was deeply wounded their parent maybe even abused in some way you just don't know I always try to say or think to myself I don't know what I don't know so if you are finding yourself questioning someone's the process someone is grieving just say that to yourself I don't know what I don't know and what I know for sure that you don't know is the uniqueness of that relationship so that's my spiel on that. But one of the things that was also mentioned in our in that episode was the five stages. And this has actually come up the last several, actually the last 3 recordings I've done with guests, the five stages and and I feel like I have to um in some ways defend Elizabeth Kübler-Ross and her work because you know, even in my training as a certified Grief recovery specialist, when I was in my training, the five stages are definitely mentioned. But um, really, it wasn't about what I was told at that time when I certified was that her work wasn't about, or initially the five stages were not about people who are just grieving a loved one. Overall, it was, you know, she was uh, working with those who had been diagnosed with the terminal illness. But that being said, I've since talked to her son Kenneth Ross and he um, really opened my eyes to her work and really that the five stages that's not where it ended there's and they're not linear either and so I th- he set he gets frustrated too he had shared his frustration that you know pulp culture and society has put these five stages on this pedestal and people just can't let it go just they can't let the five stages go it's everywhere it's in the simpsons it's in books it's in movies it's it's everywhere elizabeth kubler ross is a pop culture icon because five stages of grief has been coined and it was from her work but again there is more than just five non-linear, I say that in air quotes, non-linear stages. They're just emotions. They're they're phases of grief that you go through and you come back to again. It's like this wave. I recorded with someone recently and I just I thought this was the most beautiful description of grief. He had lost his mother as a child and many years later 30 plus years later, he's been confronted with some of her belongings and seeing them for the first time. And he said, it feels like a shipwreck. And there's these artifacts and these things that I'm having to look at and for the first time. And, and that's grief. It can feel like a shipwreck, but over and over and over again through the years as Maybe new information comes to light or new memories surface or a relationship that your loved one had with someone and they share something with you that you didn't know. This is why grief is so complicated in our hearts. It feels so complicated and difficult to navigate because we always will have it in our lives is this undercurrent. It's always there. And why is it always there? Because you take yourself everywhere, right? Like, you can't run away from yourself. And you can't run away from your grief. It's always there. That being said, I know from my own experience and in working with grievers and the many people that I've talked to for my podcast, that it is possible to feel joy again. It's possible to feel purpose in your life. And like Jill Johnson Young said, you can still go to Disneyland and be a griever. Right? You can still smile, you can laugh, and you can feel joy again. And it's what you choose to do with those complicated and complex feelings in your heart, whether it was a loving relationship or not, how you want to move forward. Do you want that to be the end of your story? That suffering is just what you're meant meant to do. Because that's what I believed for a long time. I guess I'm just here to suffer. And I'm telling you, that's not true. It doesn't have to be true for you. What's come to my mind as I've been having recent conversations and as I was editing Jill's web um, podcast episode was that we are all just like all of us as adults. We're all just big kids in diapers again, learning how to deal with life, deal with grief address the, the incomplete feelings we have about relationships long gone or relationships still in our lives. We are adult versions of our child selves. And so whatever pains and sorrows and hurts and anxieties or fears, we bring those with us to adulthood. And, you know, when children lose a loved one or they've gone through something traumatic, children know how to grieve. The youngest of youngest know how to grieve, but they often need permission by others to do so. And adults often shut children down to grieving because it makes them uncomfortable. They don't know what to do. They don't know what to say. They don't know how to handle it. Because like I said, as adults we're just big children, we're just big versions of ourselves kind of in in training pants like one of the one of my guests said that um, someone he knows developed a program of how to be um, oh gosh, how was it How to not be emotionally constipated <laughs> um, which is true. I mean right we become emotionally constipated as adults because we don't know what to do with our emotions. we don't know how to let them flow through us we just hold on to them and we fight to hold on we fight to hold on to our grief we fight to hold on to our anger and we fight to hold on to our suffering thinking it's bringing some sort of honor to the memory of the person we lost or it's making us feel better to hold on to the anger of someone who wronged us but really you're the one suffering i was the one suffering and so this is why as adults it's in our hands To allow children to grieve, we need to give them permission to grieve. And isn't it ironic that as adults, the person that needs permission is ourselves. Like as adults grieving, we need to give ourselves permission. And we look to other adults. If we're unsure, am I doing this right? Should I be over this already? And then we look to other adults to give us permission. We're always looking elsewhere for permission You don't need permission. Feel how you're going to feel and really let yourself feel it. It's like I've said on my website and I say it several times on podcasts, various podcasts. You got to feel it to heal it. You got to feel it to heal it. Because as long as we're bigger versions of ourselves and we haven't really felt what was in our childhoods, well, we're feeling it in adulthood. But what is the cost of that? What are you trading in the process for not giving yourself permission and for looking, for looking to others for permission? There is a cost to not feeling it to heal it. What is yours? I think there is so much more I could say, but that feels really complete today of what, what I feel like uh, needed to be said and shared. So I'm going to end there. And I, I really recommend listening to episode 90 with Jill Johnson Young because it really is a rich conversation. We talked about so many different aspects of grief. Uh, she gives really great information too about uh, with children, which I love because I was a child griever. Maybe I could say I still am, right? Because I'm, I'm just... A bigger version of my child self, right? And this is why I think as, as adults, we often end up parenting ourselves, like we have to learn how to parent ourselves. Because so many of us didn't receive that guidance, especially, especially when it comes to grief. But I'll telling you, you can break the cycle, you can learn new tools, you can learn new information. And this podcast is a great start. So Soak in every episode or as many as you can. Learn some new information. Learn through people's stories and break the cycle. Be a different source of support for grievers that you know. Be the heart with ears for a child or for a loved one or for a friend or for a colleague. Because there's a very good chance that they don't have someone in their life that can just sit with them. Thank you so much for listening today. I look forward to sharing more rich conversations with you. There are so many more to come. Right now, I have episodes lined up into November. Um, That's a fantastic problem to have. (laughs) Um, I thought when I first started this podcast, I would have a really difficult time finding people who wanted to share about their grief. But really, that's been the easiest part. And it's really enriched my life To sit with people and their stories and really go deep with them. This podcast has been one of the greatest things I've ever done. And I thank you so much for your time and listening. If you find this podcast helpful, even if one episode has shifted your perspective about grief or your own grief or the grief of a loved one or or a child you know or love, please leave a review if you would, five stars if you felt it was worthy of that, and a few lines to share how it helped you. That would be so fantastic, and I'd be so appreciative. I, I don't get paid for this. I'm not. There's no ads. There's This is purely out of my mission to shift the conversation, change the conversation around grief and how we view it, how we look at it, how we talk about it. So thank you so much again. If you are a griever and you're just not sure where to turn or what to do, or you've been doing something that hasn't been helping you, when we do the same thing, we're always going to get the same result. It's when we do something different. If we're open to a new new method or a new methodology, or what are you missing out on in your life by not addressing your grief? And so there's a program that I have. It's called Do Grief Differently. It's working with me one-on-one for 12 weeks, and we dive deep in your grief and in your story, and we shift your perspective around that story and help you to get complete, emotionally complete, with a relationship that has been truly painful, or maybe it was very loving right? It could be very loving and just really making it difficult for you to move on in your life and move forward. But we don't just work on one, we actually work on two. And often it is a relationship with a parent, because those are the most influential relationships we have, because they take up so much that it's embedded in who we are, those beliefs that we grow up with, those stories that get that take root right in our lives and that we carry forward into adulthood. So Check that out. It's on my website. There's more information there, uh, and And thank you again for listening. And remember, when you unleash your heart, you unleash your life. Much love. From my heart to yours, thank you for listening. If you like this episode, please share it, because sharing is caring. And until next time... Give and share compassion by being a heart with ears. And if you're hurting, know that what you're feeling is normal and natural. Much love, my friend.